Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back with one of our favorite guests here. Yes, John Riggio joining us here, architect extraordinaire, tennis uh, pro, uh, you name it. He does it. He's got a lot of accolades, education, and an amazing career under his belt in the pro tennis world. We got to learn a lot about him, see a lot of his work, uh, and I love that he's very visual. So when it comes to architecture, when it comes to tennis, we get to see the play-by-play, literally, of how he's building a building and, of course, uh, the plans to the fruition, and then on the court and it's great that you found all those old videos um you know from like 20 years ago or so you were showing us last time so we commend you on all your accolades don riggio how could someone reach you if they want to before we start today uh, yes for tennis you can go onto my facebook page it's called john riggio pro tennis player and there i have my contact information you can send me a message i also have a link to my webpage showing some history of my tennis playing which is very interesting, and I hope you like to take a look at it. And on the Facebook page, I have some photographs, things of tennis rackets and some video clips and things like that. And that is the best way to find me. Well, we're excited to have you back here. Where in the world of tennis are we now? How is your practices going? What are you up to? Yes, I think, well, during my stories, uh, it's been um, like a long time of memories. I've been thinking about the past and um, the most recent memory I was just having and I had already sort of like said different things, particularly about my playing as a junior pro. Mm -hmm. A junior pro is a player that is under 18 years old. And that parameter is here in the USA. Uh, so one thing about playing as a junior pro is I did go through some of the things I had explained about. It was at the end of the season, they have different types of awards, different types of statistics mm-hmm. that are taken by my coach and uh, sponsors. And a lot of these things I don't even know about. I wasn't keeping track of any of them. But I remember one award also at the time, they did the same thing with ATP awards with me. And uh, with tennis, uh, a lot of things like the awards and things are done differently than other sports. So they do this for the same exact reason uh, they that they have things like a player name and everything. They don't want the player to have a problem with people wanting to grab their awards try to cause problems for them and have people come over and say that, you know, I want my son to play or the player coming said, I'm the one that is going to win and, you know, things like that. So what happens with the junior award for the ATP is my coach at the time was telling me that I was up for some awards. And I think uh, uh, they did give me awards. I, I think I, at least... One year, I remember, they gave me the award of ATP Most Valuable Player. And um, a lot of these things are just like interleague awards and things like that. And uh, so I did receive some of those awards. And like I had said, I was during those years, I had different awards where I was number one ranked. Uh, I did have the most points in one of the seasons and things like that. And uh, so I did receive different awards like that. 
I think I did receive more of them. I have to really just uh, think exactly which ones they were. But I, at that time, I did receive those type of things. And it worked a similar way. And um, then just remembering back uh, with the different awards, uh, I remember one year it was very clearly that they gave me the ATP award for the most winning player. And I think going back, I remember some things about playing, uh, particularly at the time, uh, with the Mitsubishi and the Japanese team coming here, I did receive uh, the another ATP award. If I remember, it was the top award. I uh, I remember um, one thing about it was um, my sponsors had had to talk to the ATP and, and things like that about it. And um, of course, everyone wants to get those awards, but they did give me one uh, award at that time also which was very good. And uh, I remember some things that they told me was um, that the uh, award, if I remember correctly, was going to go under one of my previous names. So I did receive the award. And uh, I think it was the player of the year award at that time. So that was pretty good. And so today what I did was during the time I was saying, I was saying that I wanted to show people the rackets. And uh, yeah. I did bring some rackets. Some rackets I brought today, uh, one of them is a Prince racket. That was really the kind of racket, it isn't the original one that I had. I just bought another one of it. And uh, they used to give me these rackets. And this particular racket, they gave me two of them. And uh, I have it here and I can just show it to you. It is uh, this racket here. Let me just show you this. Okay. It's this one here. It's the Prince Precision Graphite. Wow. <laughs> So these rackets, what they did is, and it says pro on it. So this is exactly the same as the kind of racket they gave me. And uh, this racket turns out to have been a very good racket for, for back then. It's made very interesting, very, very um, metal style racket. And you see it has this bracing in here. Mm -hmm. And um, this, is, this is one racket they gave me, and it has a, a natural leather grip. So I think today, if you were to buy a racket, they don't give you a natural leather grip unless it's really a pro racket. Mm. So only a, a pro racket is still natural leather grip. The other rackets, they're really like a, uh, a synthetic material. And uh, and the new thing with the synthetic material grips is that you can change the grip very easily. Instead of just putting an over grip on top of it, you could take the whole grip off and put a whole new grip back on. That is the new way to do it. And so for a few dollars, you could just replace the whole grip. But the original style grip like this one ha is a natural leather grip. So these type of rackets I used to play with, and they used to give me them because it's, it would say right on here and say Prince Racket. So this was approved to to have their name on it. Uh, only at certain times, at certain tournaments, uh, I would have to disguise the uh, the type of the racket. And this is another one of those rackets too. Was the, was this was the previous one, an older one which is made of aluminum. And um, <clears throat> this is another one. This is this this kind of racket. I think this kind of racket, I would probably just bend this racket very easily. Mm -hmm. And this is another racket. And then uh, and then I think skipping over to, to today's time, I have another bunch of rackets. One of them was the uh, the racket that I went to China with, mm -hmm. which, which helped in this whole thing about going to China and then um the in-laws really having my player card and knowing my whole career which was very good and um 
So, so that was good. So I was there playing with the audience, and I, I brought this Babala racket, and this is the racket that I think I've been talking a lot about. You see the shape of it. It's really more like a teardrop. And this is the very popular racket at the time I bought this. is the Babalat Aero Pro. And uh, and this, in fact, does have just a regular synthetic grip. So this is the synthetic. It isn't leather. And I was putting some overgrips over it. And uh, I think this this racket is a very stiff racket. It was pretty good. I think uh, it, sort of, it sort of helped my playing at that time um, that uh, I was able to still play pretty good with that racket. And uh, that's very interesting. And I think I showed the last time the, the Dunlop racket and the other bubble racket that are shaped in what they call precision shaped. Wow. And uh, I think uh, that's the racket that I prefer. I would usually re recommend the that type of racket. In fact, the teardrop racket uh, is really based off of a playing that was really from the previous generation of tennis players. I think in the 1980s, there was a big change in tennis playing one of them was from going from hitting just like a straight ball to really getting a lot of topspin on the ball. And with the new rackets they had, then they started to get the metal composite rackets. There was a lot more topspin on the ball. So I, everything I was playing was a very 80s style, very topspin. But a lot of the teardrop style rackets were really based off of hitting more of a straight line ball. So when I was very young playing with my parents, my father, my mother, and my brothers, uh, we were playing with the older style rackets, the wood rackets, and I have some of them here today. I, I could show you a few of them. I think um, uh, one racket is uh, let me just let me just get this out of the bag here for a minute. Is really uh, my father's racket. It's not the original one he had, but I remember this racket. And in fact, this racket I I bought it, and just to give you a, an example of what's happening mm -hmm. with this racket, it's very interesting. Is this has um oh, didn't you show me a racket last time that like it's now banned i guess it's different restrictions or is there certain uh, rackets from years ago that are not allowed to be used anymore in fact i don't have any banned rackets only the only banned rackets were some players that were playing over at the u.s tennis center and they at the time they told me that they in fact had illegally manufactured rackets and not only were they illegally manufactured they were also made to duplicate some um really name brand rackets like they duplicated dunlop du duplicated wilson and then and they made they were made extra stiff where their springs could get strength to 73 pounds okay i think most rackets wow you're only allowed to string them to 65. okay if you go over 65 it is it is not allowed and um, so, so those rackets are really illegal rackets. They had some of them circulating. And every once in a while, the player would get caught with them, and they'd have to cancel out the game. And um, there was the there was some problems going on with those rackets at the time. Unfortunately, that was going through. Uh, my sponsors and uh, the people back to me, they're all very honest. <clears throat> I all had official rackets. Either they were official blocked out rackets, pro star rackets, or just basic production rackets that had the markings on them. And uh, so I didn't possess any of those rackets. I, I uh, My rackets and most were only strung to 62. I think over my career, most of my rackets were really strung to 60 pounds. Only some of them were strung to 62. And I think I have another interesting story about some of the, the, the games I played, just thinking about it now, was uh, 
to stop me from breaking the rackets, they tried to give me a racket that was only strung very low, under 50 pounds. And that turned out to be such a disaster. I played the game, and uh, my racket, since they were strung, when I hit the ball across the court, I, I could still get a nice hit on the ball, but it gave the opponent just an extra few seconds to run across the court and hit the ball, and I did not win the match. And so that idea completely changed. So I went back with rackets that were strung approximately at 60 pounds and no more than 62 pounds. And uh, so so that was, unfortunately, that experiment of playing with the lowest strong racket wasn't too good because it was a real live match. I and mean, that was one problem. So that was an interesting story. So I think this one with the old rackets, I think this is um, a Max Ply Dunlop Fort racket. In fact, my father had this racket. I, I broke this racket when I was just a young kid. It's a very strong racket. A lot of people are... Uh, Wait, where did it break? Where, where does it normally break? Is there a certain point of... Well, these, these rackets, they always used to break... The thinnest like part? Or... Oh, they okay. Used, they used to break over here. Most rackets used to break over here. And... Um, so this is this is the old shape this is the old teardrop shape and this teardrop shape also made you play certainly when you hit the ball but you wouldn't get a great top spin on it you would try to get more of a straight line ball i did have the ability to play with a straight line ball but i think as the 80s came about uh everyone really started switching to top spin and there was a lot of top spin on the ball so the top spin on the ball really made it where everyone was playing more to a precision racket so we switched over to more like the precision shape racket that it had here. And then very interestingly, uh, <clears throat> some people also like from a precision shape racket, then comparing it to, to a, a, a tear drop shape racket. Some people like a racket that's really like what they call like a double parabola racket. And that's usually Yonex is really very good. And I bought one of these Yonex rackets. This Yonex was transitioning from some of these uh, teardrop rackets in recent time, not from long ago. And I bought this racket. And this this racket is more for like a inside out. If you're an inside out player, like if you like to come across your body and then going in and then out, it's good. In fact, I played with this and uh, in fact, it wasn't really that good for my style. It's really, I uh, skipped over this and headed over to those Dunlop rackets and the uh, Babylon rackets with a really precision rackets. And so that so that is there. And then this is comparatively, this is the original teardrop racket. And then this is this here. Um usually the old rackets they did have leather leather handles, most of them. <clears throat> Some of them were different. And I think uh from the past, I think one interesting thing was um I have a, a number of different rackets here. Let me see. This was just this was a very interesting racket. I just by a chance I was able to get this old <clears throat> racket here. I just bought this as far as like a little a little history of rackets that I kept for myself, which is very interesting. And this here is this this old racket here. And I think this racket here is called a Kent. This is an old-fashioned racket called a Kent. And I think if I was to just loosen these up for a minute and just show you the rest of the racket. This goes back a previous generation from this. So this this racket, even though it's wood, is really more advanced. This is called the multiply. Which is very interesting. This is this is getting closer to like a composite, which is very interesting. And then the next racket, this is the previous generation was even older, and this is all bent. 
You know, what I bought this just to give me some history, and you see it isn't multiply of wood, which is very interesting. And this record goes all the way back to, like, 1940 or Whoa. something like that. This is a very Are those record. worth, like, a lot of money? You hold on to no. them because of sentimental no really value, or is it because, okay, it's... <laughs> I think this kind of racket, no one really wants them anymore. This is just an old racket. It's all bent. You really can't play with it oh, anymore. Oh, okay. I could see But that. I just got this as far as like a historical mm-hmm. uh, piece of tennis racket, which is very interesting. <clears throat> and that that is that that's the uh, Kent racket. And then I have some uh, very interesting rackets here. Uh, let's see what you have here. I think one, one interesting story about this kind of racket is this is just like a... Uh, this is a racket you would buy on the rack today. But I think one interesting story about this racket, just comparing what I'm showing you, is this racket is just like a very beginner racket. And this is good if you just get to pick up the racket for the first time and play. You go to like a department store even, and you can buy these off the rack. But I think one thing about them is that this this piece in here is separate from the rest of the frame. And the two pieces here, you see, they just go right into the handle. And that, that is... Just a very basic beginner racket. That is one interesting lesson. And then from here, you move up to the integral racket. The integral racket is like this, where it has one piece of frame together going around, all connected. And that is the next level of racket. And then from there, you would get then a stiffer and stiffer racket to where maybe you would string the strings as much as 65 pounds is really the the maximum amount. And then... um, so there's a whole assortment of rackets. I went through going through a lot of different rackets like this. These are some pretty nice rackets here. And uh, this racket, in fact, is very popular if you're playing on a team. This is really like a team racket. K-Factor Wilson is pretty good for a straight nine shot. Uh, I went through some, uh, some time with that, too. That was pretty good. And then this is the... Um, Another Prince racket, more of like a, a a lightweight one. And this is sort of like a, a nice one to start off with. They make this very light. I went through this. I tried this for a while. In fact, this gold racket was pretty good. I was able to win a doubles tournament with this over at the tennis center in recent years. It wasn't wasn't that big a deal of a tournament. But this racket is pretty good. It isn't, it isn't that bad. That's, that's a pretty good racket. And uh, I think I have a bunch of them. One of them is... Um, uh, this one here. Let me see. I get those double. This is one more looking. This one. Oh, then I'm doing it. Okay. And then this is a, this is just another one of these wood rackets. You just stick a clip open on this. And um, yeah. So I think what what the uh, interesting story that this time is good is <clears throat> of the of the tennis playing. I said I had a very high rate of winning tennis games, but some of the losses were very funny losses. Uh, I think one of them was like testing out that racket that was really strung and lower than 50 pounds and that that counted as, as really a, a lost match and um and then that, that then um there was other ones there was very interesting um very interesting sh- stories this was another one this is um uh, pancho gonzalez and this is another classic racket and you see it's another teardrop racket this is a candy cane strings this is the old candy cane strings <clears throat> and this is a very nice racket this is really uh, a pretty good quality racket for the time and this is in a brand you don't see around too much anymore it's spalding so they used to make tennis rackets and that's a spalding racket so that's very interesting and um it's if I think that's just about it to show these. Let me see if I have the, uh, what else I have. 
And um, so you said Spalding used to make them. Does Spalding not make them anymore? Is Spalding? Um, yes, uh, Spalding used to make tennis rackets, but they don't make them anymore. Correct. Okay, great. Yeah, so I have a whole bunch of those rackets there. Oh, yes, this is this is um, another racket here. Yeah, I think this is this is another racket. So I think one other interesting thing about some of the the funny losses is once uh, when I was playing very serious matches, I was playing very serious uh, national tournament matches, and my mother, I don't know, if she realized what was happening, but she was saying when I was coming home, I had a sunburn on my skin, wondering why. <laughs> I was getting such a bad sunburn on my skin uh, coming back playing from Saturday morning, playing one or two matches, natural tournament matches, with the number one uh, judge there <laughs> for tennis playing. And and uh, so she told me I should put um, sun tan sun. lotion, like sunblock on my skin. Uh-huh. So she gave me uh, like a tube of sunblock lotion, Uh-oh. but I didn't have any like uh, use of any water uh, sinks, um, hand wipes or anything. So when I put the suntan lotion on my skin, on my hands and put it on like my face and my arms and this, what happens, my hands were very slippery. So when I grabbed my racket, no. my racket would, would slip. My racket <laughs> would slip. Mom for that one. That's so funny. So this, so in fact, even though I think she meant well, this, okay, this is a, uh, Jack Kramer racket, a Wilson. And this is, this is his mom. This is from years ago. This is another years ago racket, and I, I could just take the top off of here and just show you. Okay, and this is the same exact style racket. See, it's the same teardrop racket. They're all very similar back then. Previous to the 1980s, they're very similar type rackets. And then I think just comparing that with um, some rackets, which for instance, I have the um, I have another Wolfson racket here, mm-hmm. and this is. This is another racket you'd buy just at the convenience store, excuse me, the department store. Mm-hmm. And this is a Wilson racket. It's a Federer. And it says here, titanium. Now, titanium, you know what that is? That's they take powdered metal with powdered titanium and they make this composite metal frame. That's how it's made. It isn't rolled steel. It's really composite. But this is just a very easy one you would just buy off the rack. Got it. That's the one I would pick. What? I think you can see that oh, they're... Gosh, confused. you know we're they're... almost out of time, right? I'm so sorry. I didn't realize oh, okay. this. We're only doing a half-hour show today. How many do you have? <laughs> yes. I have a, yeah, I have a lot of records because I went through the path. I had gone through so many records when I was younger. I, well, I when, I get, when we get back together, so you got to tell me how many you have because they're just like everywhere. I had at least 50 records or more at wow. the time. I went through all the records. Oh, my gosh. And you froze. Johnny, there. Oh, also, at the John. T- so I went to a lot of tennis there rackets. So I, I was able to get a good experience trying out all those different rackets, and uh, so I have good knowledge of them. And uh, yeah, so I went and I bought them, and uh, I looked through them, just remembering all the the playing and things like that. Uh, so yes, and then so those tennis matches is very interesting. So a certain percentage of the tennis mm-hmm. matches were a little funny and some of them also like maybe my opponent might have got away with using a one of those uh <clears throat> illegal rackets then i told you the other problem of people taking an illegal substance and mm-hmm. so they might have got away with that so there was it's very john i apologize you're breaking some of them up were hello, a little hello. funny john? some of them were a little funny matches like with the suntan lotion on my hands so what i do with the suntan lotion i i stopped using the suntan lotion 
I ended up losing two matches. They weren't in a row using the suntan lotion, and I, I stopped using the suntan lotion. This idea that I needed not, you know, having not get a sunburn it was really very strange. I, I I was wondering why my mother would would think I didn't need to get a sunburn, you know, but, and then the suntan lotion would ruin my match. Got it. So well, sorry. Can you can you hear me? Yes. You started yeah. you started freezing and breaking up. I apologize, but we have to go, John. Yeah, there's something oh, okay. with the connection, but it's okay. Great mm-hmm. having you here. How can we reach you? Yes. So to to and see some pictures of those old rackets, you can go to my Facebook page at John Riggio Pro Tennis Player, and there uh, you get, there's also a link to a list of my matches, and uh, you can get an idea of my tennis playing back then. And um, so I hope you go take a look at it. Will do. Thank you so much, guys. Have a fantastic day. See you soon, and let's fix this connection. Bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hi, this is Terry Crews. Actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council.